Ladies and gentlemen, it's time on WBLK 770 AM radio. If you're not on the edge of your seat, you're taking up too much space. Folks, cram those stupid AirPods that are probably half-charged and have been in the back pocket of your jeans as you sit on the subway and get sweaty-ass shit all over them. Jam those right in your ears and turn it up, because I have a lot to say. Welcome back to the program, folks. This is episode 24 of The Podject, the show you hold very dear amongst the dozens and i mean dozens of listeners i currently have folks we are back here today like i said episode 24 we're gonna call that the bob probert episode rest in peace bobby we love you would love to see a fierce gladiator of your stature grace the ice we call the nhl today folks it would be joyous would it not to see the big man out there again go for a lap if he if he was in the NHL today, people there would be people shitting their pants and slipping in it. It'd be a wild thing to see. It really would be. NHL's back, though. I am enjoying watching a ton of hockey. Um, had a couple games myself this weekend. Um, I find I am very hilarious. Like I remember some of them. Like so I could have had a coach from Pee Wee tell me uh, something like a hilarious saying, and I will remember it for like the rest of my life. And I think this was sometime in Bantam AAA. I'll never forget. I had a coach named Darren Hallis. Had him a long time ago. Had him for several years. A lot of my friends had him. We all, you know, he was a good guy, but doesn't matter. He said this one time. He said that teams in hockey that score three goals in a row are 80% likely to win that game. In any time that you, like statistics show, 80% of the time a team is able to score three goals in a row they're able to win that game. I don't know if that stat remains true today. When he to- when I was told this, I was 14. So that's what? That's 12 years ago now. So that's a while back. I don't know if the if the statistics remain true to that. But he said that and it was just ingrained in my head. So like every time like in my life from then, I've played hundreds of hockey games since then. And anytime someone would score three in a row, I'd be like, fuck. Like in the back of my head, I'm like, we're 80% likely to win this one or we're 80% likely to you know, get to- roasted in this one because they just scored three on us. So that's kind of always been in the back of my head. Um, amongst many other hilarious quotes, I could go on and on about stories of awesome coaches' quotes I've heard over the years. Maybe that will be an episode. But we had a game on Friday, and um, it came out a little slow. Like, it was a little sloppy. We're playing a team from Huntsville up the road, the Battle of Alabama. I know a lot of people here listen to that from Alabama. Yeah, I know it's a big one. It's a big rivalry. But the, for those who don't know, it's the big one. You know, it's it's a big rival. Um, they come in. They get a couple quick ones on us. Next thing you know, it's halfway through the game, and I look I look up at the clock, and we are we're down four nothing. So then I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, team score. Yeah, teams teams have scored three in a row, eighty percent. Yeah, they scored four. What's the percentage on that? Not not good. But for some reason, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you see that something like that happen in your head, like you just know you're smoked. As an athlete, not just a hockey player, athletes, you know that. Sometimes you go out there, you have a tough start, um, and you know that you just aren't going to come back from that. Sometimes you just have that feeling. It's, it's not nice to admit, and you don't give up. You don't ever stop trying to um, not have that feeling, but sometimes that happens. This game was a little weird. We go down 4 nothing, but it was almost like there was no panic. 
And then all of a sudden it became a shootout for the ages. Um, all of a sudden we, I don't know, we put a couple in. the. This was literally, like I said, 4 nothing halfway through the second. Game's halfway over. All of a sudden we put in a couple before the end of the period, but we're still down. And then we the boys go out and they blow up for five goals in the third. We ended up winning the game 8-7. I won't go back and forth through the highlights of the game, but it was it was a roller coaster to say the least. Another game I won't I, I don't think I'll forget. Um, I'm on the ice with a minute and 24 seconds left, and I get a loose puck behind my net, and I come fl- I just come wheeling around, and you know I have nothing to I'm not looking up to make a play like zero chance like there's a minute and a half left we're up by two, or up by one sorry at the time it was eight seven and I'm just trying to get rid of it so I just try to go glass no my specialty that's my bread and butter. Some people make their money on the half wall. I like to think I make my money, chip, chase, get it out, off the wall, off the glass, hit that window, send it sailing. That's my shit. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to chip this shit. No, I sail it over the glass, delay a game penalty. Hilarious. Haven't got one of those since junior because in university that wasn't a penalty. I'm not sure what it's like in the NCAA college or whatever, but played five years of hockey where that wasn't a rule. And the first time I've come in a scenario like that, I just I just rifle one, put it over. So that was tough. Uh, thank God they didn't score uh, on that. So we ended up winning the game. But I was in the box watching it, biting my nails. Um, but I, in university, it was hilarious. That wasn't a rule. Cripes, you come around you come around the net, you have nothing. I would put that thing in the parking lot sometimes. I wouldn't even look. I would just wind up and I'd just send that thing 452 rows up, up into section six. I wouldn't care. But uh, yeah, that was tough. That was a tough one to swallow. Um, it, hockey's just such, it's so funny. Um, played five years at uh, Nipsing University. Our big rival back in that time was Laurentian University. The, the Battle of the what was it, Highway 17, the high, Battle of Highway 17. Um, so that was like our, our, you know, the closest school to us, turned into our rival. You know how it goes. Um, I played there for five years. I think this other kid on the team, he was ended up being the captain last year, but a guy I played against for five years on Laurentian. Um, <clears throat> played him God knows how many times over those five years, but a lot. Big rivals, you know, didn't like the kid. You know, you, you don't like the, you, the people you're playing, especially when you play him for five years. You know, you grow a distaste for them. But then little do you know, now we've become teammates. Now he's my roommate. It's just so funny. Like, the hockey just throws you for a loop sometimes, you know. And, of course, meeting him now, he's a great guy. We're good buds. But it's just funny, you know. I, that's one thing I love about sports. I love about hockey is just, like, the hilarious people you run into, the people you end up meeting, uh, the people that you end up seeing from that you haven't seen in years. And, you know, the circle goes on and on. And anyone that's played, you know, knows exactly what that's like. And and so for I met a million new teammates this year. I I was here for a month last season, so there's you know there's there's a decent amount of guys, maybe five or six that were on the team last year. You know there was pretty big turnover. But another kind of funny connection that I have with a guy that I am playing with right now, one of my teammates, um, was I used to when I played at Nipissing University, living in North Bay, I used to work at the battalion games. Like they had two home games a week. And I don't know if it was pretty much always set up that they'd play at home either on a Thursday or a Sunday. And the guys who ran the concession and the restaurants at the rink were guys that I worked for in the summer. So I knew them well. Um, they are, it was a great schedule. Like, I mean, I didn't want to work during the year with hockey and school and everything, but it was Thursdays, it was Sundays. Like I was never doing anything. 
It was a great little gig. So I'd show up and I would literally work a beer bin or work at a little bar there and I'd just sell beer during these battalion games. I'd sell till the end of the second period and then I'd usually just go hang out for the third, maybe have a beer and watch the third and just, you know, chill out, relax. Maybe try to bum a couple old chicken fingers or something like that. You know, maybe from the grill. Maybe get myself some of that quality, you know, rink rub we love. I'd do something like that. I would hang out, but I would watch, you know, I knew a lot about the battalion. I know I feel like I would watch a lot of their games and, you know, I was familiar with guys in the team and there was this big lad that they traded for about halfway through the year. And, you know, I thought he was a pretty good player. He was an overage player at the time and, you know, just thought he was a good guy. And then it turns out all of a sudden Birmingham randomly picks this guy up and I go from standing in the, basically in the, in the stands eating popcorn, watching this kid play. And then two years later, he's my D partner down here. Just funny how it works. You just never know. And I mean, I walked into the rink one day, it was the day of a game that he got here. And I, it's literally like, I mean, I got, I'm good with names too, especially in hockey, because like when I was in university, like a lot of my lectures that I'd be attending, like a lot of people got a four-year degree in like, you know, psychology, nursing, all this stuff like that. Like, yes, I got my BBA did that smashed it not gonna lie double major heard of it kidding no i'm not but um i think i got a degree in elite prospects too like i i was humming on those sites so much i should have been a scout full-time making good cash because of the research that i would do daily so the second this guy i'm david game this was a couple weeks ago one of our first games of the year i walk into the rink and i see this guy in the stall next to me and i kind of laughed i was like i just felt like i first he introduces himself he's like hi my name's so-and-so calvis and i'm like dude you played for the battalion it's like i knew right away it was just hilarious so you know what you just got shout out to those little hilarious you know little oh, are they nuances is that the word <laughs> nuances i don't know if that's it but uh it's just funny how the world works and you know what is it what goes around comes around <laughs> you know one of those things something i've always thought about which is random and i want to know if any of you ever have had this thought is I wonder how long like the list would be of everyone I've ever played with in hockey. Like everyone from like I want to know the roster of my teammates lifetime from at Pee-wee all the way Adam all the way up to Junior now into pro. Like I would love to see how long that list is and if you went through it would you remember everyone's name? And now if you didn't even just include the one sport, what if you included all the sports you've ever played? All the sports Maybe that's multiple. Hopefully it is. What would that list look like? Would you be? Would you remember all of them? Do you think if you went over everyone's name, would you have a memory with them? It's weird. I don't know. For some reason, I've thought about this for years. I just like every year I play, I, like I see like new teammates come in and in my head. I'm like, oh, my, my list grows. Relax. All right. But I just something funny I think about. And I mean, I'm just wondering if you do too. Maybe I'll just pass that message along, right? Continuing on with the hockey chat even though that this is not a hockey podcast uh the nwhl is making headlines in my belief for all of the wrong reasons folks they have started their um season which is only going to be from january 23rd to february 5th teams will be playing in a tournament style regular season concluding with seeding games in a winner takes all isabel cup final the isabel cup isabel is how you say it uh, that's the name of the trophy. And, um, that's, that's very exciting. I think it's great. I think there was a pause on like all women's hockey, uh, pro hockey for about a whole year. Um, and, and that, that sucks. I mean, it was, it was, it was shitty that they weren't able to get something going for last year. I mean, all these ladies that play, I mean, they had nowhere to play last year, so it's, it's shitty. 
And instead of us, you know, celebrating um, some hockey being back, some jobs being given to professional women hockey players, we're talking about um, bar stool sports and the NWHL and their relationship. Like it's fucking hilarious. Like, what a mess in my eyes. I mean, we had one. Ta- uh, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what. Um, Erica, the CEO of Barstool, released some video on this Monday that pretty much just included a bunch of screenshots of tweets of people either hating on women's hockey, hating on the thought of Barstool having a relationship with anything to do with the NWHL or women's hockey, and basically just a couple screenshots of Barstool hate in general. And this was done with her having a voiceover on the, the clips basically just talking about her being disappointed with, you know, the rejection, I guess, of acceptance from the NWHL. And this really gained traction when a couple current players um, made headwaves on Twitter with some tweets that were basically saying that they don't want anything to do with Barstool and that this relationship is, uh, you know, going to be toxic for the league and it's not good for women's hockey and all this shit. And honestly, it just makes me shake my head. I mean, they'll, I mean, I'm not here to toot Barstool's horn by any means, but people, for some reason, was, you know, with Barstool, they love to bring up on, like, you know, the racist, or calling them white supremacists, misogynistic and whatnot. And, like, I mean, these arguments are being derived from, like, they, how many, a bunch of people work for Barstool. And when people make these arguments online, like, they share clippings of, like, some random bloggers... Um, stupid blog that he had from like six years ago where he said something like stupid and, and and I'm not denying the fact that many of these people arguments are like pointing out to stuff that people may be involved with Barstool or Barstool in the past have said that is fucked some of it is stupid some of it is things that I think are outdated and now had people been able to go back in time probably wouldn't say some such things but I just don't understand when you can't just relate like one blogger's take to the whole direction of an organization. Like that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, I wasn't, I used to think Barstool was absolutely ridiculous. I think I used to think it was for kids. And I mean, in in some ways it still is really, but like with the flags and all the bullshit, the Saturdays for the boys, like I used to hate it. I used to think Portnoy was an absolute dinkhead, but I mean, he's kind of won me over. I mean, he's doing stuff like the small business found like the fund, like he does stuff that other or like other for like, companies like this don't do and then you got the ceo like erica like basically reaching out to a league like the nwhl who in its current position i couldn't think of anyone more perfect to be in some sort of a partnership with that emerging league that's looking to gain traction um i just don't understand it and i mean these people are like like online yesterday like twitter was blowing up and it was a lot about you know nwhl and the bar stool and a lot of people just saying like how shitty barstool is and and giving it all this flack and whatnot and i just find it it's just hilarious i mean like i i just this league's going on right now and now no one's even talking about the fucking hockey being played everyone's just talking about barstool and the nwhl and all this stuff and and the league's like releasing statements like calling out uh erica nardini is her name she's releasing statements and this tournament goes on for two weeks it's it's like a two-week tournament and, and they're spending all their time with their publicity in this bullshit back and forth with someone who realistically is just trying to support them. And I mean, I just found it funny. Like, I mean, you see Portnoy had a live press conference bullshit. One of those videos he posts where he's basically calling out saying why, like there's multiple people in this league that are, you know, 
are cool with us and no one's saying a word about this, that's bullshit. So, I mean, you see, on, I saw online today, some people were standing up for Barstool and, you know, pointing out to the good things that it has done. But I just find women's sports is just such a whole, it's just, it gets such a bad rap and it's just, it's always the, in my eyes, I just hate the art, like the arguments that they make, like it is just ridiculous. Like, this is my thing. Stop trying to compare women's sports to men's sports. This is my idea. The first step to success. This doesn't just talk about women's hockey. This is could be translated to all women's sports. Stop comparing it to men's. Stop just doing the direct comparison to everything the men are doing. That's not the sport. That's not the competition. That's not the playing field. It doesn't make any sense to me. When I think of women's hockey, I do not think of men's hockey at all. It's its own sport. I, I look at it. I love it. I'm a fan of it. I know a lot of great people involved in the women's game. And I, it just, for the life of me, I just don't understand how all these people just can't like I don't when I talk about women's hockey, I'm not like, oh, I don't watch it because the NHL's superior towards the product on that ice. I, that's just ridiculous to me. I, it, they're two separate entities. They should be treated as such, promoted as such. They're going to receive different levels of fans, different levels of support, and that's got to be expected. We can't just go across the board and just directly compare the success of the women's game to what men are doing on the other side in the same sport different gender whatever you know it just it just doesn't make any sense to me it's just such a it's just so foolish and i mean what really i just find is so ridiculous is like once i found out that this season was like this like two week style of um you know tournament regular season round robin playoffs all in that one shot in their bubble which is located in lake placid i mean other than you know hardcore fans of the game People are hearing what they're hearing about that league right now. All they're hearing about is just they're bashing with Barstool right now. You got everyone at Barstool blowing up. They're all going on their podcast right now, losing it about the disrespect they feel that their CEO's getting. And I mean, Barstool's got a big following, man. Big following. You got the Spit and Chicklets podcast, which probably has the biggest podcast like podcast following in sports. I mean, you you go on Apple multiple like when they're like when they release a pod, it's the number one show on apple i don't know what it is on spotify i'm talking about apple what i use but it is the number one show every day that they release maybe not every day but it seems like it and they're over they're they beat out huge massive shows for like their ratings basically and they're involved with bars too i just mean i just don't understand the move by the nwhl it's just like at some point like it's not about I mean, I, I guess like people like to stick to their guns. They like to stick to their beliefs. But I mean, pushing away an entity that's definitely going to help you is definitely going to grow your game. Yes, I know Barcelona hasn't had a perfect pass, but I mean, I just don't understand why. Like, we're, we can't pick apart everything about everything. Like, it's just ridiculous. Everything about everything. But. I mean, and I'm not defending prior things that have happened in, against Barstool and whatnot, but I just find it's just it's so foolish that with the season unrolling in front of us, all people are talking about, all the publicity for the MWHL right now is all about a Barstool beef. It's not about the product on the ice right now. And it all starts just from people being stupid online. And the, the thing that I laugh is everyone was giving shit being like, well, Erica's video is just... Um, you know, she's she's included the screenshot that has people's social media handles, the trolls that are fans of this um, institution, which we'll call Barstool, 
are going to come and they're going to berate and they're going to bully and they're going to harass all these people. I'm like, then don't fucking tweet at Barstool, the CEO, or at anyone with Barstool. Don't come at them when you know that all they can do, they can do whatever they want once they send it. You tweet it at them. Don't come at them and then get pissed when people start coming back at you when you came at them online. It doesn't make any sense to me. And one thing that I just blows my mind, I've never noticed this until I, this week when I was tr- kind of looking at this online and how this was unfolding. The people that cover this story and the ones that are really pissed off about it and that don't want Barstool to have, I mean, any relation with the league, they're people that are, like, turning off their replies online. They're people that, like... I guess, eliminate the uh, ability for there to be a conversation. I mean, people are always, like, going on, and these same people are going on about how, you know, they're targeted in Twitter and how, you know, they get harassed. The online harassment is so it's so severe. And, I mean, you don't just hear this from situations like this, but everywhere, everyone's like, the online harassment is so, it needs to stop. We need to start getting a community where this online harassment, is it, it ends. How about log the fuck off? Log the fuck off the, the site. That will end the harassment if you log the fucking thing off. Like, has anyone... When I Imagine, this is like me, I'd go to my Xbox in 10th grade, and I would have been like, guys on Call of Duty, I'd be like, guys, if we could stop the harassment right now, th- that's what I need. If I would have gone on there, I would have gotten destroyed. But I came on there. Don't go on to a Call of Duty lobby with your, with your earphone and your audio on unless you want to get the heat brought into you. Twitter is a hilarious app, but like, you go on it and you engage with people. If it's not positive, I mean, I kind of blame you for engaging with them, no? That's also a stupid argument. I'm not saying that people can't be dicks and that some of these things can't be avoided, but log the fuck off then. Sorry, getting off on a little bit of a tangent. But the moral of the story here is the NWHL is back. That's good for them. That's great for women's hockey. I wish them much success, and I hope that... Um, they can come back and then get some sort of actual fucking season going, not just a tournament style. Nice to have that. Get the girls a fucking season. It's crazy that it's just crazy that that's still a thing. All right. Um, I'm going to leave that one alone, though. That's a hot topic. Moral of the story is promote the NWHL for the NWHL. Do not promote it to be a competition or um, some sort of pissing match against other leagues or snubs, or whatever you are going for. Not the way to do it, in my opinion. But then again, who am I? I'm just an independent journalist bringing you the truth. Folks, something unbelievable and something hilarious is happening this week right before our very eyes. We are seeing a absolute band of misfits, a community online, taking the stock market and bringing it to the moon, bringing it to new heights. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Folks, there's an organization called, not an organization, we'll call them a community. They're called Wall Street Bets, and that is on Reddit. Reddit is fucking hilarious. I'm not a big Reddit guy, never have been, but I've always respected it and the hilarity it ensues through it. But I've been, I've been checking this one out. I've been in this forum, and this shit, man, is so fucking hilarious. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with what is happening with GameStop, basically, the stock price is absolutely soaring to new heights, and which is quite hilarious because, I mean, when you think of GameStop, you probably think about 
like something like Blockbuster, like an old DVD movie rental store, like somewhere that sells physical copies of video games in today's economy, doesn't seem like it might be a stock that's going to be booming. Now, I'm not sure there's a million different speculations as to how far back this goes, but long story short, I believe it's basically a bunch of nerds found out that GameStop, their beloved GameStop, was basically the most shorted stock available. And I am no financial advisor. I Finance was not my cup of tea in school. But basically, you can just like you buy a stock, you can also buy a stock hoping that it does bad. Shorting a stock. So basically, I borrow a stock from someone, I get 100 shares, I immediately sell those 100 shares, and then I hope that that stock will go down in price so that when I have to give back those shares I borrowed, that I can give back those borrowed shares at a lesser price than I purchased them, and then I can take that little bit of space there, that little bit of profit, all right? Probably not a great explanation of what that means, but basically, a lot of people, I think there was more people, like there was more... Shares were shorted for GameStop than were in existence. Is that even the term? I'm not sure. But let's just say a lot more people were banking on GameStop doing poorly. And then it turned out that these were huge hedge funds, a couple different groups. Citroen was one of them. I don't know all of them and who they are. But apparently there are a lot of dickheads and this made a lot of people pissed off. So now all these people are just buying this stock. It's surging through the roof. And that thing with those short, those people that are shorting on it, they have to buy they, when they have to, you know, give back those shares they borrowed. The, the stock didn't go lower; it's now gone higher. So they have to give those shares back by buying them back at a way higher price. So it's just hilarious. They've they've completely fucked over multiple hedge funds like of billions of dollars, and this this isn't stopping. They got multiple. They want to do AMC as a stock. They're trying to do now, you know, the old AMC movie company. That's another stock that apparently has been heavily shorted. And BlackBerry is the other one that they're all buzzing on right now. And, I mean, I, I've, I'm a chicken shit when it comes to investing and stuff like this. Like, I remember I had my, we had, remember financial correspondent Jonah? He was on in August. That was, like, one of our fifth, like, maybe my fifth or sixth episode doing this. I was getting into the investment game. I was trying to learn a lot about it because that was when I wanted to get into it. And I still haven't pulled the trigger on shit yet. But then naturally, you know, I wouldn't even call this... They don't call this isn't investing. This is this is straight up gambling, is what we're talking about here. But it's it's hilarious, and I mean, I think this just really brings this brings to the forefront how the the tides are turning a little bit here, folks. People are seeing it. You got a bunch of people that have access to all the information in the world. They can learn some pretty crazy shit. You don't have to be a rich fuck born into some rich family literally birthed onto third base all you have to do is just you know get a little lead off and you can scurry home now we got people that are at home they can fucking compute the same calculations they can they can manage the same type of data that fucking huge banks can do huge things that would never have ever been thought possible is now at the tips of our fingers we got people getting stimulus checks we got people not working we have a pandemic putting a bunch of people staring at their fucking screens it's the perfect storm folks it's a crazy time to be alive. And honestly, this is great. This is great. I mean, I feel like the stock market's been that thing that everyone's supposed to be 
you know, scared of because it's so complicated. None of us can make money at it. This is fucking awesome. This is hilarious. I don't think anything like this will ever happen again. I mean, there's going to be other shorts and stuff like that, but I mean, people are telling, like, people are trying to say that this is like an infinite money glitch and that nothing can happen. When I started looking at this yesterday, I am recording this January 27th. Shout out Andy McDonald. Happy birthday, buddy. Proud listener. Shout out to you. Um, but I was going to record this yesterday on the 26th. And since then, like this stock has gone up like 200%. AMC today has gone up like 300%. Like pay attention to these right now because this is hilarious. And this is going to change how things are done. People are bitching on the news. CNBC, they had some guy on there. I think he was actually almost in tears. He was almost crying. But like in my eyes, in everyone's eyes, this is the stuff that these big corporations, these big banks, these big hedge funds, all these people with money, they like to bully people around. They put their money where they can and they fucking make shit change. They manipulate markets. This isn't manipulation. This is kind of, this is fucking hilarious. Um, I, I got to post this one thing like, the forum is honestly hilarious. Apparently the SEC, which I believe stands for the Stock Exchange Commission or something like that, either or, they, they you know, regulate all this bullshit. Um, they, apparently they're investigating the Reddit forum. And if you clicked on the forum today, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you right now. This is fucking comedy. One of the first, and like, I, I don't know exactly how Reddit works, but this is the second, like, I guess, is it a thread? It's right there at the front when you look at it. And this is what it says. It says, I just read a New York Times article saying that the SEC is reviewing this sub and what is going on. And then in brackets, it says, SEC, please read me. And then it says, to the SEC fucks in this sub, go fuck yourself. Why don't you start investigating why companies can shut down trading so their hedge fund buddies don't lose money, but when people lose money, it's completely okay. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, it's good stuff, folks. And I don't really get how this works. On Twitter, I found uh, Wall Street Bets, the chairman, whom which he goes by. He's been dubbed the chairman of Wall Street Bets, the forum. I found him yesterday on Twitter and followed him. He had 60,000 followers yesterday on Twitter. And let me go right now and look. Just scroll down here. Where is he? WSB chairman. Look at him. Yeah. I followed him yesterday at f around 5 p.m., I mean, in the evening there, it is now five, it's six, it's just after six o'clock here on, on the 27th. He now has 214,000 followers. He is, he got almost 200,000 followers in less than 24 hours. This is blowing up. I mean, it, it, well, how could it not? Every single news station you see right now is covering this. Um, apparently, I mean, it's, it's awesome. This is, this is awesome. I'm sure the media is trying to portray it not correctly, but... I mean, I'm trying to just look at it from the forum's perspective. This is awesome. This is the future, folks. Everyone's a player now. Every, they've even the playing field. People aren't going to like it. You wait and see. They're probably going to try and change the rules here pretty soon. But people, they've even the playing field. Time to invest. Joking, folks. I've had a really good time doing this episode. I, I'm, I looked a lot into um, the GameStop story. And I, I honestly, like, I wanted to record this literally hours ago, but I just started watching hilarious videos, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole, which is very easy to do. But um, keep keep your eyes on it. We're watching financial history unfold right in front of us. Nothing like this has happened before. Not derived by the internet. Not derived by a, a fucking subreddit. That's for sure. This is powerful stuff. Folks, I had a good time doing this episode. I am truthfully going to reach out and try and get more interviews. I am so bad for... I. 
put out my episode. I kind of go throughout the week. If there's stuff I want to talk about, I might chuck it in the notes on my phone. But I'm bad at reaching out and getting interviews set up right now, especially you know now that it's mid-season, I'm busy and stuff. But I promise, wholesomely, to bring you the content you need. Folks, lots of craziness is happening right now, but I want you to remember that you are currently existing in one of the most exciting times in the history of history. And there is some fucking deep history inside of history. So think about that. Folks, enjoy it. We're in the middle of the storm. We're going to ride it. Some people wait for the storm to pass. Podject listeners, they dance in the fucking rain. They get dirty. That disgusting that um, I left my sound on and you can just hear that beep. Maybe it is. But folks, episode 24 has now been adjourned. I will be back next week, maybe with an interview, maybe not. But I can guarantee you one thing, there will be an episode. Goodbye for now. Your program holds you dear.